Hello, fellow health and safety professionals. We are coming to you live from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Fonz, Laverne and Shirley, and of course, beer. How could it get any better than that? This is Ted Speaks Live. Our podcast will focus on keeping people safe, families together, and growing your career in short eight to 10 minute weekly segments. Your host is Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. Ted has over 25 years of health and safety experience in both manufacturing and construction. He started his career in the field and worked his way up to safety director. Ted also coaches football and knows how important it is to communicate expectations and work together both at work and at play. With this as Ted's background, he is excited to share some of his experiences with you and to improve your career and your company. Josh Hawker has 18 years of experience as a safety professional. He has worked in manufacturing, construction, utilities, and as an OSHA consultant. Josh has also promoted a strong safety culture by building relationships with employees and management. He is focused on developing strong safety management systems, promoting continual improvement, and developing an atmosphere that allows employees to fail safely. Please welcome Josh Hawker to our podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you doing today? Doing good. It's a little bit cold here in North Dakota. Yeah, this time of year, it kind of has that little uh, chill. Chill to the air, we like to say, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, I want to thank you for uh, joining us here on Ted Speaks Live today. And really, the opportunity that I've had to be able to work with you for uh, many years, I still remember that time when you came into my office and uh, we were on a hiring freeze. And I don't know how you got that interview, but uh, I was so impressed with you that I knew that this is somebody that we need to hire. And I remember going to the president of the company and he thought I was crazy at first, but we ended up hiring you and it really turned out to be a great thing. And you've gone on to really exceed in your uh, career. So thank you for being on the show. And I'm very excited to have you here. Well, I'm excited. And I definitely remember that opportunity and it uh, jump-started my career for sure. Can you kind of maybe give us a little bit of your story to the others so they know what your background is? Absolutely. So there's a lot of safety people that are in the business that come from very different backgrounds. I'm not the one that kind of came from being in the industry. I had started out my college career thinking I would be an engineer and moving on from there. And it was kind of a strange start. I was actually had a party at my house and a (laughs) non-traditional student had come in and we got talking and he got to know me. And for some reason it clicked with him. He kind of pushed me towards the safety realm. And I'll tell you, I didn't even know that was a career when I got into college. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that's, or used to be common. I don't think as much nowadays, but we hear that a lot. Yeah. So I took a few classes and I kind of really started grasping the concept and I liked what it was about. I've always been a person that likes to help people in life in general, always first one to volunteer to help people out and got into the field Started my career at a co-op in Wisconsin there. Uh, graduated from Wisconsin, Platteville. And then my first opportunity was with you, Ted, and, and it kind of just spiraled from there. It's been great. I've been doing it for almost 18 years now. That's incredible to do it and kind of hear the story that you're about serving people. And that's really what we do in, in safety. Yeah, very true. It sounds like you spent time in different industries. And what are the differences in how you approach safety in each of those industries, Josh? Yeah. So as you know, I was working with you, Ted, we started out in the construction industry. It was a union contractor. So we got to, I got to get my feet wet starting out. Young man, 24 years old, trying to 
help people out that were much older than me and much wiser. And uh, all over the country too, we were sending you. <laughs> yep, all over the country. And I got a real quick education on how to conduct business. And in the construction field, it's always very interesting because you kind of start over every six months to a year and a half is kind of the longest on a project. You may get some of the same staple people, superintendents, but you really, you start from scratch in every job you're in, building a culture at that particular job site. And it starts at day one with that orientation and and making sure they understand that what the company's beliefs are, what their expectations are, and that as a safety professional, you really are there as an advocate for them to get them through this particular project safely, get them home every day. And you're there as a resource, really. I really made sure I wasn't that safety cop that went out and just said, hey, put your hard hat on, do those things. It was walking through, working through all the situations that came up and coming to solutions with them involved. That's where my success came in in the construction world. It sounds like you made yourself available and approachable for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. But then you move into where I did OSHA for a while, the consultation side. And that was very different. It was kind of nice because you got to do the OSHA education as a inspector, but you got invited into companies. So you were able to really help some of these smaller industries out that maybe they don't have enough in their budget to have a full-time safety professional. So that was a year and a half. I really enjoyed that. Got a great education. And then fast forward to where I am now. It's very different when you have a core group of 250, 300 employees, and I've been building a culture here for 10 years, and it never stops. You're never where you want to be. You're always very critical of your own program, always knowing there's improvement, even if on the outside, everyone else thinks it's in a really good place. So it's that continual improvement piece that I really believe in, and I think it's very important to realize that there's always improvements that can be made. Yeah, I think that's very important. You know, sometimes we have success, which is great, what we try for, right? But sometimes when we have success, what happens? We might put on the blinders and think, well, you know what? Now we're on easy street. And that just doesn't happen in safety, especially if you're going to have a dynamic, world-class type of safety culture. Yeah, I totally agree. And those blinders can come on, and that's where your employees, as they ask that, as your greatest tool, really come in handy when they come to you with issues that you can dive into and start working on solving for them. So what do you find to be important when you're developing or enhancing safety culture? So one of the things I find most important is development of functional teams. It's very important to get that employee involvement. I've been able to do that where I currently am. Safety teams, safety culture teams, obviously your safety action teams are really important. But anytime a situation comes up, they were changing a major policy, we will actually back off of that and make sure that we develop a cross-functional team with employees involved. And we really have had a lot of success getting buy-in from employees when they know that their voice is heard and they can be a part of writing it and a part of developing it. And then they get an explanation of why they have to do the standards part, but they also get input on how to apply that in the field that will work for them so they can still do their jobs without feeling that they're being pressured into doing things that they may not feel are important. So they're getting an input right away, right? And they're understanding the why of why they have to do this or need to do this. But if they're part of the process, that's going to just make you more successful. Is that kind of what you're saying, Josh? 
absolutely. And honestly, I find a lot of joy in that. It's really fun to see the development of employees when they can brainstorm with you and understand because as a safety professional, I'm not doing the job that they're doing. I may know what the standards are and how to apply them and watch them do their jobs, but they're the ones that can give a lot of gains to you in applying those concepts and standards and just different risk mitigation pieces. Yeah. You know, Josh, why don't you just share real quickly with a person that you had recently that retired with you and how you were surprised by um, their reaction, I should say. Yeah. And I've had this happen in construction too, when we end projects, but sometimes you get those real tough nuts to crack and you just keep working on them and you're always nice to them. And they're always kind of going against the grain, trying to do things the way they used to do. You hear that a lot. Yep. Yep. And I had this gentleman and he was probably one of the people that just kind of fought me on everything. And when he left, he sought me out to let me know that it was a joy to work with me and I never gave up on him. And he felt that the whole job was safer because of me. And, and again, that's really nice. And I really enjoy that piece. But perfect safety culture is when I'm not the one they rely on for those pieces. It goes to their supervisors, but it's still good to know you make a difference. It kind of, as a safety professional, revitalizes your drive to know that you've touched people that maybe you consider to be very difficult to deal with. And they make it a point to point that out when they leave. Of course, not when they're there, but when they leave. (laughs) And we all have those type of employees, but we have to find a way to deal with them. As we always say that we got to make sure that we're maintaining our professionalism for them and doing the best job that we can, because once we get upset, then they've kind of won. So winning people over, very important in what we do in safety. Well, absolutely. And I think that's a good story too. You can take that to any industry. A lot of the, I think you said tough nuts to crack, a lot of management just want to kind of ignore or not deal with that. And that's really not the right way to do it. And your approach of just, you know, keep on being there and plugging away and just being a kind person that wants to help. It does go a long way. And the approach is always a big key factor on how you deal with a lot of employees. So that sounds like that was a success. Absolutely. And I've definitely hung my hat on always conducting myself that way. I mean, it doesn't matter how frustrated you are with someone, they're going through something. Right. There's something in the background that you're not seeing. So Usually when you work with them, it's my philosophy. It's real hard to be mean to someone continuously or resist someone if they just kind of are always nice to you. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Win them with kindness. That's what people say about me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) Barb might argue. (laughs) So over the years, how have your philosophies on your approach to safety changed? So definitely, again, when I got into the business, it was very standard, more standard driven, even though, you know, you try to build those relationships and very heavy on this is what the regulations are. And over the past 18 years, I've definitely evolved into more of a piece where we need to understand the employees and understand that how they work, that they make mistakes, that they're human too, and we can't train a lot of that stuff fully out of them by just talking to them. So it's really that grassroots in the field, getting to know people, understanding their work. And I've really dived into a lot of cultural pieces, human performance pieces more so. And I know that's kind of 
cliche and that's the way the industry is going, but it really makes a lot of sense to me on the way we used to do things and someone did something wrong. Well, we'll retrain them. I'm not doing that anymore. And it just doesn't give you the gain that you would think it would because humans make mistakes. Well, it's also the easy fix, right? Hey, let's just retrain the person real quick. And then now the problem solved and, and people feel like they've solved the problem and it's still there a lot of times. Right. And it may not pop back up for a couple of years when you do that, but it's still there. Right. Josh, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the safety management, how it fits into your safety culture? Yeah. So I had the pleasure of working for a company that was certified in the OSAS 18001 program. And through that process, and it's similar to VPP and Z10, there's just different focuses for each one. And I learned very heavily that the safety management system that you have in place is just the core of what you do. And document control, those pieces in the background are very important to your program because you have to have those bones in place to help build your culture and those expectations. And one of the things I learned that was super important that is missed a lot is that management of change piece. Every time you change anything, doing risk assessments on it, getting, again, those cross-functional teams to assess it instead of putting it in place and then finding the problems later. And, and I think we miss that a lot in industry. Yeah, that sounds kind of accurate here. What do you mean, going on to the next question, when you describe creating a culture and an environment that employees can fail safely? Yeah, so this is kind of my new thing I really stick on, and I mentioned it a little bit, but we understand that employees make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, Ted, maybe you don't make mistakes, but <laughs> most of us are human. Well, I beg we to all, differ. <laughs> <laughs> we all make these mistakes, and how we view those as management or when an injury or incident comes in, again, we can't train that out of them, is getting a full understanding of going back to our management system where that failed the employee. A perfect example is I've been on sites where they maybe don't put handrails always on a scaffold when they could, but they'll tell them to tie off. Well, yeah, if an employee makes mistakes, they're not hitting the ground. But if you have a handrail there and they make a mistake, your risk is way less of something catastrophic happening. So it's looking at every process you do and look at where the incidents could happen. And we do that a lot. But figure out how we can help employees fail safely. Because just slapping a sticker on something and saying, don't stick your hand here, they can still make a mistake and have that happen to them. So we can't do it everywhere. We can't always fix everything, but the more we can put in place. I mean, a seatbelt's another perfect example. We put a seatbelt on every day because we could make a mistake driving. Yep. And that's there to make sure that we walk away from that mistake. Correct. It's very similar to the forklift standard, right? Making sure people are wearing their seatbelt driving the forklift. Absolutely. And it goes way beyond that when you're looking at, those are easy ones to mm-hmm. see. When you dig into some of the other ones, maybe it's building scaffolds for projects instead of making them work off ladders. Those types of things are where you can make some really big gains. Yeah. Just kind of looking at different things, right? Like that and, and looking at it as a whole versus just a very small window of it. Absolutely. And honestly, one of the most exciting things I've seen just being at where I'm at for 10 years is something that I call risk tolerance. And maybe you've discussed this before, but when you get a newer employee in and they start doing a job that maybe a 40-year veteran was doing, they get this knot in their stomach when, say, they're taking a boiler feed pump 
out of a system online and they have to take that last bolt out and jump out of the way because there's 1800 degree steam coming out, you know? Yeah. And we have made very large improvements at this facility just by employees saying, Hey, I don't feel comfortable with this. Can we take a look at it? Yeah. And having that comfort level there, right? I mean, because a lot of times what are guys going to do? They're going to just do it. Exactly. And the way I explain risk tolerance to employees, I tell them to think about or talk to their parents because I have a lot of younger people because we've had a lot of people retire out here and think about how your parents took you home or your parents were taken home from the hospital on mom's lap, whatever it may be. (laughs) And now we spend four hours (laughs) stressing about whether or not we got the car seat in right to take our baby home. And I just equate that to risk tolerance because we wouldn't even dream of throwing our kid on our lap as a newborn and driving them home. Right. Very true. Very, very true. Well, Josh, you know, it's that time of the show that uh, me being the positive safety coach wanted to make sure we're going to have a little fun now with some jokes. How's that? Oh boy. I hope you stump me. (laughs) We'll see on this first one. Okay. (laughs) Why did the safety manager avoid the pile of LSD in the middle of the floor? Oh, (laughs) I don't have a comeback for that one. He felt it was a tripping hazard. Uh-huh. Oh, no. That's a 70s joke, yeah, I guess. that's a 70s right? joke. <laughs> well, we only have one more here for you. What do gymnasts, acrobats, and bananas all have in common? You might be able to get this one. Yeah, I would say they're high flyers is about it. <laughs> they can all do the splits. Oh. <laughs> See, my mind doesn't go there. No, I know. <laughs> I'm not good with that either if I didn't have these in front of me. But that's why Ted's in the safety world and we're not comedians. So <laughs> Exactly. Josh, we really want to thank you for being on the show today. And I really enjoyed your expertise in health and safety and being able to help safety professionals. Yeah, it was very, very nice having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Ted Speaks Live with Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. We would love to hear from you. You can reach out through email at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com if you'd like to know more about our podcast or if you're interested in being a guest. Feel free to check us out at healthandsafetynow.com. Rate and review on your favorite podcast app. Join us next week for our next episode. Have a super safe week.